Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Know what I had for breakfast this morning, Amy? What? Beignets? Beignets. Sure you did. The only beignets I had all week. Friday morning, on my way to the airport, on the way out of town. Jonathan, that's crazy. I was and busy. I actually... I don't care. There were beignets everywhere. You could have gotten them on the way. You could have. I, that's. There was one. The cafe beignet on Canal Street was right next to my hotel. And literally, do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what frustrates me about that? As someone who wasn't there and did not have access to any beignets, and to know that you, I mean, when you first went down there to like prep, you could have. It wasn't quite as crazy. You could have gotten a beignet, and now to hear, you know, I was back here. I had Lucky Charms this morning. So well. I did not. There you go. I had beignets. Okay. I don't eat cereal. So, hey, here we All are. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Morning call with Beth on the way out of town today. So, I fantastic. I have to tell you, I, Cafe Dumont is amazing. I am a morning call fan. See? So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. We miss Jamie. Well, that's very kind of you. You know, um, it was kind of weird to not be there. Yeah. Very strange. But I did see that you and Lewis Cook kind of had your little own mini SBC 23. At the we, we did for his graduation. Yeah. So the way Wake County does their graduations, and one reason why it was, you know, so late. I mean, it our our school systems go late anyway. But then the graduations, all of Wake County High School graduations, except for I think one school, they all take place at the Raleigh Convention Center, and then they stack them. They have four a day every day. So everybody goes to the convention center and. I'm going in, which I didn't actually see Lewis. I didn't find out until he tweeted like my picture. And uh, also um, Missy Branch, who's Mm -hmm. the chair of Lifeways board. She was not in New Orleans because they had a, a, their daughter was graduating as well. So there was a crew of us in, in Raleigh instead of New Orleans. Um, But when you go down the escalator into the Raleigh Convention Center, it's basically a flat convention center floor with a stage up at the front, screens, up, you know, hanging everywhere so that, you know, you're sitting far back and chairs lined up. It looked exactly like an annual meeting, except there were no microphones to go to. Um, so it was kind of funny that, like, after as many years of going to annual meetings as we've had, it's like my mind and body felt like that's where I was supposed to be. So on Tuesday, when I go down an escalator to a convention center floor with all the chairs on it, it was pretty weird. It was very, very strange. And so, um, so yeah, that's where I was. But let me tell you, because they got to get all those schools in, 533 graduates, they did that ceremony in one hour. Wow. So I, I think the SBC could actually learn something from Wake County <laughs> for we went a how little fast long. they move. A little long. Yeah, for how fast they move, man. I told they you get, to take the over, didn't I? I told you to take and, the over. Yeah, and they and and clearly they limited like the the valedictorian and salutatorian to three minute speeches, and boy, they nailed it. So I mean, f- just people, uh, they were moving, and they got up there and got done, and there we go. It they was weren't wild. as good as Campbellinos, though. Well, I no, I I, it wasn't. They were very lovely speeches, but they weren't as good. But it was really fun and it was great to see him walk across the stage. And then they told us all uh, you can go behind the stage after to the other side of the convention center hall and find your child, get your pictures and then please get out because Leesville High School is next. So 
it was it was something. But then we got to go take him out for a special dinner. It was it was wonderful. Go to the Angus Great Barn. Day. Actually, we went to Stony River. Oh, okay. So, Solid. Yeah. Yeah. I know Drew loves Very a good, good steak. So he sure does. All right. Well, he congratulations sure to him. All right. We had a bit of a historic week in New Orleans, Amy. Yes, you did. Some of which and I'm I- not sure we understand the full ramifications of. I'm still processing it. I watched as much as I could on the live stream. Um, which shout I out do to Axe 2, s- by the way. That's right. Shout out to Axe 2. And shout out to all the other live stream viewers, the the folks at home who are following it with great interest. I'll tell you the weirdest thing. You know, we had a full slate of messengers down there. And so I was staying connected with them as, as they were down there. And... um a, a few times it was really wild because the live stream it's about a 30 second delay yeah which is fine when you're just watching it's not easy when you are in touch with someone in the room because every now and then someone would say oh my goodness or um what do we do now you know or what what just happened what do they mean and i would have no idea because i'm like 30 seconds behind so then um my heart would start racing because I would be like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? You know, and then I would see something, you know, there's a point of order or whatever. Uh, so it was kind of weird to be on the delay like that. Um, but, you know, honestly, I felt very much like I was there in some ways when you're when you're on the live stream, you follow what's happening so closely because you don't really leave the room like you're at home. You don't leave. And so you watch you you watched the whole segment. Um, well, I, I didn't leave the room in. either. Well, no, you didn't. You Except didn't. for that and one usually... time, I had to go handle something and right. missed the results for the second vice president. Sorry, y'all. Oh, my okay. apologies to Case and Branch for not getting the thing on the screen whenever that happened. Yeah, but well, I, sometimes I, you got to go do other yeah, things. I, but... Yeah, we had a bit of a fire. I had to go put out in the exhibit hall area. And wait, it's all wait, good. can you? Was it wasn't that an a, actual a, fire. Okay, that's a metaphorical yes, fire, a not metaphorical. a literal fire. No. I think no. that's important, important no. clarification here. That's yes. how rumors get started. No, no fires um, in the exhibit hall this week. Only right. one dude that got hit with a piece of metal during teardown and had oh, to be stitched okay. up. So, okay, well. Guy and his wife tearing down their booth. She kind of let go of a truss and it kind of swung and smacked him in the noggin. Okay, that's terrible. Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. Just a little, you know, popped him in the head, did a little cut, you know, get stitched up. It wasn't, wasn't major. He's okay. Yeah. All not right. Not sure if he's a friend of the pod or not, but he's okay. Yeah. Speaking okay. of friend of the pods, met a lot of them this week. I bet you did. And just had a great week. Saw a lot of folks. You know, it's the, the you know, Willie McLaurin had a story or a bad first person right before it about family reunion. And it, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it does feel like a lot of times because we see people that we see maybe once, maybe twice a year. Yeah. You see him at the annual meeting and saw a lot of folks. And I missed that so much, but it was kind of funny because um, Mary was there. She's yes. interning. So uh, Whitfield, there was Whitfield representation. Also got upgraded to a high floor, by the way. She has a knack for that. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, she sent me a picture of the sunrise that she took from uh, from there. But um, we were regularly getting selfies sent to us. Uh, uh, t- uh, by text from of her with with people. Yeah. So we missed the family reunion, but she was getting it for us. I sent so. you one with a movie star. I took a picture with. Um. Yes. Yes. Friend of the pod, Adam Harwood. If you don't remember this from where we talked about it before, Adam Harwood. He's in Jurassic World. 
um, in the lab scene, lab coat in the background. And uh, you you sent me a picture that you had gotten with Adam Harwood. So yeah, so ran into yeah. him the other night at the huge celebration. Oh my word! Right. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, I, yes, I'll get the thoughts yes. at the end. We'll get the thoughts at the yes. end. But we need to get right. into the show. Right. This is way too much of the intro. Let's jump into it. Eighteen thousand nine hundred and one total attendees in New Orleans. Twelve thousand seven hundred thirty-seven messengers. What a week! What a crowd, Amy. Yeah, it's amazing where how the crowds are getting now and and sustaining. You know, yes. I mean, we're you remember the days where we kept saying, "Come on, folks, let's reach let's 10, get to 000. ten. Let's get to ten. And you guys like, have done it. You blew past ten thousand, and you are hanging in there. So makes me very happy. Yes, we are, and yep. our church numbers are up. We'll have a full story. I'm not going to give that away right now. I've got okay. the info. I've got a lot of the demographic breakdowns. But I'm not going to give it away on the pod because it's not fair to Baptist Press. So story coming Tuesday. I'll write a story Tuesday. We'll talk about it next week on the podcast. But let's just say that when we started this podcast, 2015, you went back and did the digging. Yeah. There were what, about 2,500 churches represented that year? Yes. At the convention in Columbus. Yep. We're not at 2,500 anymore. Nope. So it's not just people. It's churches. Churches are being engaged. It's more churches being engaged, and yes. that's really exciting. And the more churches you engage, the more people you bring because people come from churches. So, right, it, you know, it's it's kind of the, the people, the 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 messenger attendees is kind of a lag metric, where if you get more churches involved, that's your lead metric that drives the attendees and the messengers. So, right, it's important to get those churches engaged, and yeah. we're doing that. Uh, not you and I, but I mean, maybe we are. But the SBC, we are engaging more churches, so that's good to see. All right, so that's yes. the uh, the crowd numbers this week, and I will say this: they came early because Sunday afternoon, first time we ever did this, Amy, we opened the exhibit hall Sunday afternoon, three o'clock. I went in at three thirty when I finally got done with the the meetings I had over at the Sheraton President meeting, things like that, the big lunch and all that, which I missed because I was still setting up. But yeah. I got back three thirty, walked in, the exhibit hall was packed. Thirty minutes into it. And it was stayed packed until the pastor's conference started and we kind of shoot them all out. Yeah. And it was packed for four days. It was crazy. The exhibit hall was the best that we've ever had, the biggest we've ever had. And it was, in, shout it was out, amazing. Shout out to Rachel Gulledge. Rachel Gulledge, well done. Well done. Yeah. So she she manages the exhibit hall and she did a phenomenal job. And um, just a, a great experience for everybody, except for that one dude to get smacked in the noggin. So, right, not not a good experience. I'm sure he had a great experience until teardown. Right. But, you know, everything else, really good. Great times there, Exhibit Hall, and uh, a lot of food in New Orleans at the uh, the convention center. We heard good things about that as well. But that's the thing, and uh, well, that's, that's the crowd, but mm-hmm. we did business. And we're going to yes. start with the elections. Bart Barber reelected over Mike Stone. Yeah. So, um, you know, we went into this saying there was only one contested election, but it ended up being three. Yep. So, and that happens a lot. So when we tell you all on here, yeah, no, man, they had it that like three contested elections and three ballots on appeals. They really worked hard. I think they counted something like 60,000 ballots. That is a ton. So when we say... You never know until it's the moment of nomination. That's true. Because I, I mean, there was one of them, was it first vice president? I think there was a nomination that had not, I had not seen announced. So yes. Um, well, there are two yeah. like came in like last minute. So 
Right. Yeah. Right. So it is. So you just never know. But we had three contested elections. Um, so for president, Bart Barber going into his second term. And um, that's it, it. This was kind of a, a new thing, at least in a long time. Since 1989. Well, well, except for that one year. Right. Except for that one year. Um, But 1989, the last time there was a very known contested. He was known, Amy. (laughs) Right. I mean, known ahead of time. A non-Wiley Drake contested election. How about that? Right. So Bryant Wright, for his second term, was contested. Wiley Drake nominated himself and did not announce ahead of time. So um, so that did happen. But... um, which I got to, I, I, let me just say, I got to think the tellers that year were like, come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> we have to do this. Uh, Seriously, anyway. guys, uh, come on. Yeah. So, but it, it's been since 1989 that a situation like this. So it was second term. Mike Stone was the uh, other candidate. And uh, Bart Barber received 68.38% of the vote. Mike Stone received 31.4% of the vote, um, 25 ballots disallowed. So, you know, keeping the numbers down, but hate it for you all that that uh, those 25, I know you tried. Um, then first vice president, Jay Adkins won on the first ballot. So yeah. there were three, there were three candidates, Dusty Devers from Oklahoma. And am I going to say this right? Ge- Gevin? Yeah. Gevin? Gevin Spinney. Gevin Spinney. Mm-hmm. Gevin Spinney. Um, so Dusty Devers got 20.73% of the vote. Gavin Spinney got 15.52%. Jay Adkins got um, 63.27%. And, I, you know, you got to think that the speech helped that. Today is the day to vote for Jay from Fred Luter. Yeah, Fred Luter. That was yeah. a great a great speech but that he won on the first ballot and then uh, you want to give a second vice president yeah, second since, vice president uh, you, case yeah. branch won that one over shane terabone so shane was nominated by so that's kind of a late announcement too shane nominated yeah. by his son titus shane's a pastor in really south louisiana amy like you don't know where golden meadow is i do it's down yeah. there it's way yeah. down there and um that was close, you know, uh, a close yeah. vote, but Case and Branch prevailed in that. So Case and Branch, our second vice president, and then registration secretary and recording secretary races were unopposed. Right. Don Currents, the mayor, prevailed. That's right. Unopposed. That's right. And so did Nathan Finn. I loved how he said, uh, what was it he said? He said he was being, he was called the mayor uh, more at the, at the, the, annual at the convention than he, is he in was Ozark. in Ozark. Yes. Well, for what it's worth, the annual meeting's bigger than Ozark, so eh. right, fair enough. But uh, but anyway, it was it was great. So then, recording secretary and registration secretary stay the same. So I saw the picture of the officers that came out, and they're all in like yes. coats and ties, and, and then Jay. Jay Jay in like a Hawaiian That's shirt what he kind wears. of thing. Yeah, That's Jay. so it it was it, it was if Jay's a, in a suit, great. somebody's dead. Well, that's the officers going into next year, and uh, it was it was interesting and and fun to watch. Again, really crazy to be like on a thirty second delay, so you don't know exactly what's really happening down there. I should have used that to my advantage. I'm glad I didn't tell you. Glad I I didn't tell you. I could have texted you and been like, "Oh my goodness, Amy, you won't believe what just happened," and you'd be like, "What? What? 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 What?" And then it's just like. You know, nothing. it's the WMU report. <laughs> right. Just something like right. that. You know, something, it's nothing. Something like that. 
So, yep. All right. Well, that's the elections for the SBC over in the pastors conference side. Only one person, Stephen Rummage, uh, was yep. nominated for president of the pastors conference. So he will run the pastors conference in 2024. So did, are, are they doing other officer elections for the pastors conference yeah, I anymore? I or know. is it just you choose your own team? Maybe it makes sense to choose your own team. Like there's no rules. It's like outback, I, no rules, just right. Yeah, I do have to say, I think that makes more sense, especially because like one of the pastors conference officers is like treasurer or something. I mean, and that's really just the person who is keep handling the donations and all that. Yeah. It seems like if you're the pastors conference president, you should be able to, if you want to, to ask your executive pastor or to ask somebody, you know, that's just really good with money in your church, you know, to be able to to do that. I, it doesn't seem like a, that's just my opinion. It doesn't seem like something that's absolutely necessary to have an election for. So Stephen Rummage, though, will be running the pastor's conference next year. And man, I got a lot of confidence in, in that. I think that's going to be a great pastor's conference. Yeah, he was part of the selection team this year. For mm-hmm. Daniel Dickard and actually chaired that selection team. I think he had like Daniel had like a selection team. Stephen chaired okay. that, and okay. so he's going to help. But the best part about this, the unsung hero behind the pastors' conference that nobody knows about out there, Heather Jansen. Okay, she was the kind of the the Lynn Richmond, if you will, of okay. the pastors' conference, and she lives in Oklahoma. Her husband's a pastor in Oklahoma. She works for David Allen. She run, helps him run the uh, the preaching coach thing. Okay, and. She is coming on board with Stephen Rummage to help okay. next year. So That's we have great. the Bring same some person continuity. working with us back to back years, and she's amazing. So Bring some continuity there. That's I great. Mean, I'm excited about Stephen Rummage running yeah. the Pastors Conference. I'm more excited about Heather Jansen helping with Returning. the Pastors Conference. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. Very Sorry, cool. Dr. Rummage. Okay. I apologize, but yeah. she's awesome. That's great. That's so great. But, you know. Yeah. All right. And then the EC officers. Now, that one, weird again, the old, you got to have to have 50% of the members on the board, not just 50% of the members in the room to right. win the chairmanship right. of the executive committee. And we took two ballots and somebody withdrawing to get Philip Robertson get there. as the chairman of That's the right. executive committee. That's right. So I'll explain that if you're watching on Facebook Live and you didn't quite understand what was happening so the EC bylaws, not not the SBC bylaws, there are bylaws for the executive committee, says that in officer elections, it's a majority of the total number of board members. So if you have some board members that couldn't come for some reason, they were sick or yeah, whatever. We had some with flight delays or whatever. you know. Right, right. Then you have to use that total number to calculate what a majority is. So that means that for this in this situation, the threshold, you had to get 42. So in the first first round, um, it was Russ Barksdale and Philip Robertson that were nominated. Russ Barksdale at won 36 to 35, but that's not a majority. So then you got well, to do it again. It is, but it's not. But it's not a majority the, according to yeah, the rules according of the bylaws. The bylaws. So then the second time it was 35 35. So then everybody's like, whoa, somebody didn't vote. And somebody it was went to Russ. the restroom or something. Right. Yeah. And, but it was know. Russ. Yeah. It was Russ himself who abstained. So then they were going to have to do it again. And what you basically have to do is you just have to keep taking the vote over and over and over again until 
Yeah. Somebody moves. And at this point, it's basically like 35. I mean, it's a deadlock. And so in this case, Russ Barksdale just went to the microphone and said, I'm going to withdraw my nomination. And so then they voted and Philip Robertson became chair. Yep. Yeah. So it's a weird rule. Only, I I don't know if any of the other places have that. I know the EC does, obviously. I have no idea. But I don't know if any of the other entities have that rule in their bylaws. It's a, it's a, a unique rule to the EC, maybe. And yeah, don't know. it's popped up two or three times over the last few years. That's the right. weird thing about it. So it just right. keeps popping up. But yep. elsewhere, the vice chairmanship, that went to Tony Dockery, who's a pastor mm-hmm. out in California, St. Stephen's Baptist Church in California. And then Pam Reed, reelected as the recording secretary. Pam's from North Carolina over in Winston-Salem, member of Calvary Baptist. And then right. tell us our committee chairs, Amy. Yeah, so then the committee chairs are Adam Wyatt, chair of the Committee on Convention Finances and Stewardship Development. Um, Todd Stiles is going to chair Missions and Ministry. Carolyn Fountain is going to chair the Committee on Events and Strategic Planning. And then um, Adron Robinson, Committee on Southern Baptist Relations, which is something he's uh, been doing. A couple of comments about those. One is... Um, Carolyn Fountain has a great, uh, she's got something on her agenda for the fall because you guys got a motion referred to you about considering Maui as a future location. So Carolyn's got that. Yeah, (laughs) Carolyn's got that to look at. Me and And Leroy going to site visit. (laughs) That's right. And then uh, I want to just say something, you know, Adam Wyatt, he's been on the EC for a a few years. He'll do a great job, I'm sure, on convention finance and stewardship development. Um, He's got big shoes to fill because I think Archie Mason did a phenomenal job uh, chairing that committee. I really do. And so um, he's he's rolled off the board, right? Wasn't this his last year? He has, yes. But he's done a phenomenal job in the last couple of years doing that, leading that committee. And so now Adam Wyatt will will take that. But that's a really important, important committee. All so, right. Okay. So go. that's the EC meeting. Uh, we'll get back to a big piece of the EC meeting here in just a few minutes when we get to the Mike Law Amendment, the constitutional amendment in the SBC recap. But we start with business on Tuesday afternoon, other than the elections, obviously. And that was the church appeals for the first time right. ever in the SBC annual meeting history. Yeah. So kind of wild. I mean, I remember when this bylaw eight got passed in 2019 and you've got in there the appeals process, but you don't know when it's going to come. And here it came with three. Um, And all three were upheld with more than or nearly 90% of the vote. Yeah. Right around 90. I mean, 88 for Saddleback. 90 was it 91 92 91 i think for burn creek Creek and and 96 96 for freedom church and so how those appeals work is that a representative from the church gets to speak for three minutes and then a representative of the ec or the credentials committee someone that they put forward to represent them answers so the the church goes first because they are the ones making the appeal then the then there is a response where the it's a defense of the decision and then everybody votes yes or no and all of them were upheld so yeah. yeah so it you know we had to wait until Wednesday morning to get the results cuz that's 30,000 ballots we had to count um and that's we right. did it you know on Tuesday afternoon so 
had to take some time to get those results, uh, but that's just how it works. And that's how it works. That's what we got on Wednesday morning. So those three were upheld. And that brings us to also another thing on Tuesday afternoon, which was the renewal of the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force for another year. That's right. So uh, Marshall Blaylock, that actually happened on Wednesday, Jonathan. Oh, That didn't wait. happen on Tuesday afternoon. I, I'm sorry. You're right. It, it was supposed to happen on Tuesday afternoon. Right. But it was scheduled for Tuesday. Because we That's worked right. so long on Tuesday afternoon. I, I'm i just running through the schedule in my head, and I knew that was supposed to be That's on right. Tuesday. That's right. I was about Look, to say, Amy, that didn't I'm happen on sure Tuesday. I'm not sure it's Friday yet, okay? Like, I, I lost track of what day it was about Sunday of last week. So just give me a break. Uh, so I got to be honest with you. You guys were running so late, and it was time for our reservation at Stony River. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to miss this. And so when Spence Shelton came up there as we were in the car, and Drew was Drew drove his car because he had to go uh, somewhere after. So we're in the car, and everything's going. When Spence Shelton came up and said, we're going to move the task force report to tomorrow, I was like, Thank goodness, because I got to go in and eat. So, uh, so yeah, but it was, but we'll go ahead and talk about it now. It was Wednesday morning and uh, Marshall Blaylock came and made his report, gave an update on what all they've been doing. Chris Buckman got up there and talked about the ministry toolbox for resources. John Nelson stepped up and and shared about the website. Mm-hmm. com. That's right. And that there's both um, access to the resources there and then um, the database, which is still being vetted to be populated with those first three categories. That's convictions, civil judgments, and um, confessions in a non-privileged setting. So those are what will be in there and it is searchable. You uh, you can go in and check out what that's going to look like as those are going to get put in. But then at the end, they only had one recommendation, which is to say we need to renew for another year. Um, seems to indicate this is not a desire to like, hey, let's keep doing this in perpetuity. They actually want to get this to a stage uh, this year where they finish their state part of the work and hand this off in the right, wherever the right place is for a per- more permanent solution. So they'll be coming back in Indianapolis with uh, with where they are on that. So that was Wednesday morning. And then that moved us to later in the morning on Wednesday and, and Wednesday afternoon, a couple of massive decisions massive? by messengers. Massive decisions I've, by messengers. Is that the wrong massive, word? No, massive is right. Okay. I think that's right. Okay. We start with the amending of the Baptist faith and message. Right. So I just want to say, some significant things happened on Wednesday, but they happened so quickly that I don't, I mean, I was, again, I was watching on the live stream. I'm not sure the significance was felt like these are things that oh, it, it hadn't been felt yet either. Yeah. Like, it, historically, it's been a days. right. Historically, you'll see a huge crowd in there and a lot of debate and a lot of back and forth. And, um, it happened like a snap of the finger. So this is not all in chronological order, but just in kind of processing through. So yes, the Baptist faith and message was um, amended on the floor. So in about um, 10 minutes. Yeah. Or probably less than. So it, this is the, the sentence, which is the one that's been talked about a lot over the last several months where it says um, that, the two scriptural offices of a congregation, it it said pass, our pastor and deacon, 
While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. What was amended is that it added elder and overseer. So now it says pastor slash elder slash overseer in two places. So, you know, word wise, it wasn't massive, wasn't a lot of words. And um, I think, I mean, a lot of folks, pastors, theologians, you know, folks are going to sort of break down what the implications of this um, are, what it means. But I can just tell you what it means is somebody came and said, I move that the messengers of this convention amend the Baptist faith and message. The COB, the way that was worded, the COB had to send it to the floor. And then everybody came back after lunch. The motion maker, Jared Cornett, stepped up and said, here's why I made the motion. And then they voted. And that, yeah. that was it. Yeah. And uh, so. does anybody know anybody that speaks Vietnamese, French, <laughs> Spanish, Farsi, Russian, Portuguese? So speaking of text, the, the, the first thing I got from you is you texted, I have a problem. And then you started listing all the languages and all the resources and all the places. And you're like, I don't even know where to start. So, well, I started with updating the English. That's very, very wise. Very I can wise. speak that language. So, but I mean, I saw somebody say like a lot of people have on their websites, they list, you know, the Baptist faith, a message. It's, yeah. Everybody needs to change that, make adjustments. Well, I mean, this is. I've gotten emails from pastors that say our church's constitution has the Baptist faith and message in it. Do we have to change our constitution now? Right. And I'm like, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying, like the ramifications. I mean, I guess. Well, and and there, I mean, th this is a bigger discussion than for you and me, but, you know, we've talked about, and, and other people have said, like, does this make it the Baptist Faith and Message 2023? I, I can't answer that one. It does not. This is still the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 as it was amended. It is not the Baptist Faith and Message 2023. It was not a revision. That's when right. we get the numbers. But this happened in 1998 when we added right. Article That's 18 the about the family. It was still the Baptist Faith and Message 1963, just as amended. As amended. So so that's a parallel and, and helpful. I have an answer for that one. Also, it was the Baptist Faith and Message was not clarified, nor was it improved. It was amended. Okay. Very helpful. Very helpful the way you said that. But it's still, it's pretty wild that that happened. Um, and I, and I want to say too, this is why it is important to uh, Wednesday afternoon is long known as a session where folks either aren't back from lunch or they are, they have a flight to catch or they're packing to go home or whatever. And we're getting more motions now than in a long, long time. And there are only a few slots to be able to debate in that previously scheduled business session. And I've never seen this. Three motions got debated. Yeah. We I haven't mean, debated I've three been, motions from the floor in the last decade. Right. Like just period. And they all got debated in one previously scheduled business Wild. segment. So when they put that on Wednesday afternoon, I think people have to understand there is a solid chance 
that substantive motions are going to come to the floor. You can't be on your way home. You can't be back at your hotel room. You got to come in there because significant conversations are going to be had. Um, I think I, you know, I, I texted you this. I said, you know, 10 years ago or whenever it was, because, you know, a long time ago, it used to be a week long. Then it was three. Then in the years when we had low attendance and very uneventful conventions, they shrunk it down to two days. Yeah. Oh, we don't need to see um, more. Right. Hmm. I'm certain that if we tried to increase it back to three, we would not be successful. I, I don't think I don't think we could convince everybody to do that. I have a question on that. Okay. And I, this is one of those, well, you should look it up before you ask the question, Jonathan. But we're in the middle of the show, so I'm just going to ask. Does it say that the thing is two sessions or two days long? I think it just says that it has to start on Tuesday morning. Uh Real time, real time thoughts here with Jonathan Amy. Real time looking. Um, no, it's two days. It shall it says, open with the Tuesday morning session. Okay. I remember that and part. Continue, and continue through Wednesday. Well, it could it could continue through Wednesday and Thursday. It doesn't say it can't be on Thursday, does it? Maybe there's, I don't know, you should there's ask. There's an interpretation there. That's a little too much. Yeah, so. you should ask. But yeah. anyway, um, the the deal is, though, we've only right now we're only operating off of two days. And so in order to get everything in, it is crunched in. And that just means that the days of, Hey, Wednesday is not that big of a deal. Just don't worry about it. They're gone. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, three motions came, including the Baptist faith message. I also think it was detrimental to our debate and our discourse for people to be calling the questions right out the gate. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak negatively of messengers, but I think if you right. really want to have debate and discourse and discussion about something, we're all getting in there to deliberate, you know, 10,000 people, 12,000 people. Let's right. do a little deliberating. Well, I will say that. Um, there we set were, some precedents this week that I think there, are dangerous for the there future. There were a lot of points of order, which take up time. There were, um, there were a lot of very quick debates. As you said, people stepping up there, making a speech, then calling the question. There were a lot of um, only the motion maker made and then nobody else yeah. had anything. Or three or four things for and none against or something like that. Right. That I mean, happened once. Pretty, we, we haven't gotten to the amendment debate yet, the constitutional amendment, but that was a very significant one that people were packed for. And the way that one played out because of there being an amendment to the amendment, because of the motion maker, all of that, um, that one ended up being only it was four people in arguing for it and only one against, you know, and you might, someone might say, well, it doesn't matter because there were, look at the people in the room, but the way this whole deliberation is supposed to work is that you really do get to hear a fleshed out conversation and make your decision. And that's better for the process. Um, so I, I do think that it was from where I sat watching, um, the, there were times it was a bit chaotic and I think, uh, we have to, we have to think through that yeah. as we, as we pursue how we use those microphones. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and you weren't even talking about the chaos of the microphones going out. So I, we had some issues not. with some cables. Uh, that was the cable issues. It, you know, okay. and they were able to get them fixed, but it, yep. it caused a bit of a snafu. 
right out the gate too with resolutions. Speaking of yeah. resolutions, uh, we'll talk about them in a few minutes. The other big precedent setting decision that was made was the first year of approval of an amendment to the constitution, which the final language was not even known for about 10 minutes before the vote took place, which that's right. That's a little different as well. Yeah. So this uh, was a constitutional amendment that was proposed in Anaheim on the floor. It went to, it was referred to the executive committee in a very interesting move. The executive committee, and they didn't even decide this until Monday. They decided to send it to the floor for the messengers to consider, but they did not recommend its adoption. After their study of it and based on, um, not because they disagreed with the substance of the motion, but based on uh, how Article 3 um, it lists everything out and the way that Article 3.1 is applied in their view, they said, we do, we do not need this. And then, um, but they said, we're going to let the messengers talk about it anyway. So it came um, in Executive Committee Report Part 2 on Wednesday. And that was the one where like four, four people ended up speaking for it. One, only one against. Um, and substituted was, language. Right. There was an amendment to the amendment. So there was substituted language um, that didn't really change the meaning of it, but it just kind of. But it changed, it a little, changed what everybody had been talking way. about for a year. Right. Right. So, so which, um, that was different. Yeah. So it. It comes, and then there was sort of the odd thing where uh, time expired because of what the bylaws say about the seminary lunches. And uh, I actually remember in 2018 when the time for the seminary lunches to start was in the middle of Kai Bowman's sermon. Place was empty. And as a seminary employee, I actually had to slide out, but we didn't stop it then. <laughs> So, no, um, it was mid sermon. Would do that, right? But, but you can't it, do but that. The place it's not out. nice. That was the unfortunate thing, right? I mean, right. I, That's you like it. to be preaching up there, maybe not you, right? But yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's very difficult. So, um, and there is something that says, "All right, I'm going to just stop with what you just said and be really clear. Uh, no preaching here from yeah, me. I'm sorry. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Anyway, I'm just saying, like need, Kai, like that that had to be this, like not very this encouraging. This is the like, come year. On, th this is the year to make it abundantly clear. I have no idea what that feels like, no clue, and not gonna. So everybody, you heard that here. Anyway, the time expired, so they called it, but then they came yeah. back and said, "Well, you can, but then you need to, you know, do two thirds." So it was a, it, and it was a. People tough, said, "No, we're ready to vote." Right. It was a tough thing. So then. Um, they vote and it hit the two thirds threshold. Um, according to you know, I was I, I couldn't see very well in the camera, but with the raised ballots, um, they said it, it made the two thirds. Yeah, it, it was it was easily two thirds. It was clear, yeah. yeah. So um, so that's year one of that amendment. And do you have the language, the new language, in front of you? If you don't, I think I can pull it up. Yes. So it would be a six point in Article Three of the Constitution saying that. Churches affirm, appoint, or employ only men as any kind of pastor or elder as qualified by scripture. So that is in its first year. And so next year it will have to go again. It is consecutive years. So just remember, if it doesn't pass for some reason next year, 
clock starts over. You can't come back in Dallas and say, let's try this second year again. Um, it's two consecutive conventions at yeah. a two-thirds vote. And the weird and thing is, we got a task force that we approved later in the afternoon that's, that's going right. to go look at this specific thing. Yeah, it's going to look at Article 3. And that task force, which was a motion made by James Merritt, is really, I mean, the way that motion was worded is to look at a, the bigger question of how we how we consider uh, determining friendly cooperation in mm -hmm. light of Article 3.1, which is faith and practice, which closely identifies yeah. with the convention's adopted statement of faith. And this is where the enumerations are kind of interesting. So 3.1 is where it talks about faith and practice questions, and it gives a church's uh, stance on homosexuality as an example of that, applying the Baptist faith and message. Then you've got your two kind of standard ones about uh, intent to cooperate and financial contributions. Mm -hmm. Then four and five are sexual abuse and racism. They are standalone. They are not used as examples of faith and practice. That's in that's in point one. So they are standalone enumerations. This is adding another standalone. It's not listed. If it was going to be an example of faith and practice, it would actually be in the parentheses up there. It's not that. It's a standalone standard. And so what what the task force is looking at seems to be uh, maybe article maybe Article three as a whole is about cooperation standards, but but it in mentions three dot one. Yeah. So um, so that's a task force that will be appointed by um, Bart Barber. Then another task force. Yes. Was passed, which I don't think anybody is talking about. I'm not sure anyone realized that happened. Yes. Well, it was the GCR review task force. That's, that's right. what I'm calling it. You can call it whatever you want, but that's what I'm calling it because that's right. what they've been tasked with. So right. it's the Southern Baptist Task Force Convention, basically. Yes. This year. So somebody made that logo. I laughed. That's right. So Bart Barber will be appointing two task forces who will report back. And then the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force is renewed for another year and they'll report back. So there will be three task force reports next year. Bart should put the first vice president on one task force and the second vice president on the other. Oh, I don't, I'm just throwing that out there. That's an interesting I didn't even, I just came up with suggestion. that. I didn't even think about that until just now. I was like, you know what? Have them run those task forces because we got a lot of them. I don't know. It's a lot. Give so. them something to do. Because, you know, the other day, the second vice president nomination speech was like, we don't know what he does. And, and it's kind of true. But right. Right. Anyway, Michael Craner with that one. Nice job on that, by the way. Yes. And um, and I also want to say, I always say that, to, in my opinion, the second hardest job of the convention every year is the chair of the Committee on Order of Business. Cool. Um, we have, there are officers, but officer, the officers truly, there's not a ton that they do except to be able to fill in and stuff. But the chair of the Committee on Order of Business, it works so hard. They're keeping the microphone ordering box. They're running the microphones. They're doing all the things. And then... um. And then they are dispensing motions. And there were so many this year. And they were there were a lot that were really long that were, you know, had lots of complexities in them. That committee worked hard. And from what I could see, Spence Shelton did a great job. Yes, he did. And I'll say this too. The messengers, you know, kudos to the messengers on writing motions that were not out of order. There were fewer out of order motions this year than I can remember in recent years. There were so many referrals. Yeah. They're learning. It's all the friends of the pod, Amy. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a ton. It's so. actually people coming to the messenger orientation. That was a huge hit again this year. A lot of people bringing stuff, having parliamentarians look at it and, you know, getting help and it's, you know, paying off. People are learning, they're educating themselves and we've got a lot more robust business meetings as a result. Yes. Yeah. So. so. All right. So again, kind of to wrap that up, we don't really know the full ramifications of everything that happened. It's it's kind of early for that, but that that's kind of what I my pros, my perspective is on it, Amy, yours. Yeah. I mean, I I I think it, this was this was one of those conventions that I would say historically, we're going to look back and see some real significant shifts that happened in 2023. And I don't think we're fully, I don't think we fully processed all the implications yet. Um, Also, two bylaw amendments did get um, approved through the EC. Uh, One one was, uh, man, I was getting ready to say, you need to go out there to a microphone and explain this was about the the bulletin and the printing, um, the printing change, which we talked about this on the, on the pod. So we don't have to go into that. To be clear one real quick, we're still going to print them as long as we can. We're not getting rid of them next year. I had a couple of people thinking that like, oh, well, it's going to be online next year. No, No. we're still going to print them. It's just, there may be a year. Well, I say that. I intend to print them. I don't know if right. Andy's going to be able to make it happen, but you, my you have is to, to have print. if there is a scenario with the way the printing business is going. If there's a scenario where it cannot happen, you don't need to be in violation of a bylaw. Yes, so correct. it has to be yeah. yeah. And and I um, hope everybody, if you registered this year with your email address, you should have gotten the yeah the bulletin each morning. And I actually may have sent that to the wrong list and sent it to the big list and not just the people that came. You you did okay. because I got it. I got it. And actually, I was like, I, I'm not a messenger or a guest and I just got this, but I wanted to see it. So it was okay. It worked out. Yeah. And then also the uh, bylaw amendment on the bylaw amendment on resolutions, which says mm-hmm. that resolutions or uh, an initial resolutions report will come out 10 days before. Now, there was a question about that, about a first report and a second report. And um, I think it's good to kind of explain that a little bit here. I know that that we've talked about this yeah. and where one reason why it's important to have an initial report and then a later report is not because the resolutions committee is going to keep churning things out or do some kind of surprise. But let's say um, that it, that they release a resolutions report 10 days out and then in the 10 days, something massive in the world happens. A SCOTUS decision could happen. Right. Or a natural disaster, disaster, something something like that. Yeah, something crazy. Right. And and it's the type of thing that the convention really would want to speak to. Um, The committee's got to have that leeway to be able to to do that, to add that. Let's bounce back to last year. Yeah. Let's say that the Dobbs decision came down, I don't know, Monday of right. the SVC annual meeting. That would have right. made for a really crazy day, by the way. But let's right. just say it happened on Monday. And if you'd have had that report out 10 days prior. Right. That's based on a we what we hope will happen or something like that. Or yeah, an ability to respond. Yeah. So the the intent of that is not, I mean the the I think the goal would be that the resolutions committee, which usually meets right before the convention, would actually meet um yeah, a couple about weeks. Two weeks before. before. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and have their initial report, just like the CON does and the COC, and they try to have it as final as possible. But if there is something like that, then there is bylaw leeway for them to be able to to do that. So that's not a bait and switch kind of thing or stick something in last minute. It's just a, Hey, and, and maybe there's a resolution that people have a major problem with, and there's a lot of discussions. Gives them time maybe to address yeah, some of those it gives concerns. The, yeah, it gives the committee time to hear that. You know, I, I don't know. That would be, you know, for future. But I think it's helpful to to think through why it, why there might be an addition or something. But in most cases, I would think they submit it 10 days before, and then everybody's got the time to really read and, and see them before they get there. So, um, so that was done, and that will start next year. Yes. So. Got to figure that out. Yeah. There you go. Because we got to meet now. The resolutions committee doesn't meet right before the convention anymore. It's got to meet two weeks out. So that's right. That's different. We'll have it to is. figure that out. I don't know how that's going to work. So we'll build that plane while we fly it next year. So, that's right. So resolutions. We did pass resolutions, by the way. Nine of them. You, you talked yes. about the bylaw change. We passed nine resolutions, including one on appreciation for the city of New Orleans, which included a, a hat tip to Charlotte for their willingness to host, but their inability to host that's right. Because uh, let's just put it this way: twelve thousand seven hundred and thirty-seven messengers and two hundred and thirteen exhibitors would not have fit in the Charlotte Convention yep. Center. Sorry. Yeah. So, it, like I said, nine. We're going to have the link to the Baptist Press story, so you can see that. But a couple of of ones that were, uh, I think, significant. Uh, one on opposing gender transition. Yep. So I think we've seen this coming for a while that as that becomes such an issue in our culture, it, I think it was time to address that. And so uh, so the the messengers did. Also, I think the first um, first denomination or first uh, family of churches yeah. to address artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. That's a big so one. That's big, really big deal. We can, can we call that one the Thacker Resolution? Even though he didn't write it, it was Keith Meyer that wrote it, I think, originally. But yeah. I'm yeah. going to call it the, the Thacker Meyer There you go. Resolution. There you go. Also, you can get lunch meat from them. Okay. Very, very nice. Yes. Uh, and then also one that I love, the uh, resolution on the legacy and responsibility of women fulfilling the Great Commission. So very dear As to my should. heart to see that. And uh, I appreciated I appreciated reading that, but there were a number of others. And uh, so you can check all of those out. Remember, resolutions are a statement of belief, a statement of opinion by a group of people in one place at one time. Um, it is They are not binding on churches or institutions. They are not uh, any, they are not action statements. They are to say the Southern Baptists who met in this city on these days stated this. Yes. And so that that's a historical yeah. record right there. You don't have to appreciate the city of New Orleans if you don't want to, but I sure do. But you should. Yes. It's not binding, but you should. You should. So. Yes, exactly. All right. That's the annual meeting news. There's probably a lot more. We could do two or three hours on this. We're not going to because we have things to do and I need sleep. Uh, but we do have one final piece of news, uh, some sad news that dropped on Monday. Michael Cat. Longtime pastor, leader in the SBC. You know him uh, as the pastor of Sherwood Baptist Church in South Georgia. Passed away from his, uh, you know, battle of cancer that he's had uh, on Monday. And it was kind of a sad note headed into the convention on Monday. Yeah. You know, I, you know what I just learned? I had known uh, about Michael Catt and obviously everything from Sherwood and his contribution through them. Yeah. 
I did not know. He had at one time served in upstate South Carolina and he um, discipled my uh, in-laws. That's so, so cool. uh, yeah. And so they uh, have been really sad mm-hmm. in these final days. And that was kind of a neat thing to know, uh, to recognize, okay, I've known about him as a pastor and his impact through through Sherwood and through uh and and, and through the the films through yeah. the church all of that but to recognize the impact he's had on my family because of of how he discipled my father-in-law in particular who um then you know raised up my husband and so Turned out to okay recognize for you, didn't it? that yeah it it really did and so the lord ended up using him in you know where my life and and future are that's that's pretty special and he had quite quite a legacy so uh, we have the uh the story about him from baptist press in the show notes as well and and that wasn't the only person we lost close to the southern baptist family over the weekend last weekend bart barber lost his mother uh she passed away the funeral is actually today on friday Mm -hmm. um so he went from leading the largest deliberative body in the world to leading the funeral for his mother in just a couple of days so um, kind of a wild swing of emotions there for Bart. Yeah, so be in yeah, prayer for Bart. And very much so, and and really means that the most important thing he did uh, this week was not presiding over the meeting. Amen. And um, yeah, so uh, kind of incredible the emotions he must have gone through yeah. this entire week. Yeah, that is a heavy week for sure for Bart. So be in prayer for him, his family. Hopefully, get some time off and. Get some rest. He he was running ragged this week, so I know he was everywhere. Our prayers to Bart and his family, and uh, to the Cat family as well. And I did I did see that his family decided, his siblings decided oh, yeah. without him mm-hmm. that um, in lieu of flowers for people to make donations to Lottie Moon or Annie Armstrong um, in honor of his mom. So I think yeah. that is a very meaningful and special thing. Yep. So, um, so when when there's a resolution about the legacy of women and their contribution to the the Great Commission, I think that includes Lottie and Annie and Bart's mom. Final notes, Amy. Here, uh, not going to do this week in SBC history because this was this a was a week. week. Holy this, smokes! This was a week in SBC history. Resources you can go back and watch the annual meeting on the Acts Two app. Everything's uploaded now. The whole pastors' conference, the annual meeting. Check it out. Uh, we'll get it up on YouTube soon as well. Uh, but you can go create a login. It's free to watch over on the Acts 2 app. So just uh, search that in your app store or your Roku, your Apple TV, whatever. You can watch it online. And then, Amy, I just want to give some final thank yous uh, to our friends at the executive committee uh, who work with me, who helped put on a great, great annual meeting. Our friends in New Orleans, Jay Adkins, Jack Hunter, Chad Gilbert, the whole crowd down in New Orleans, the looters, everybody the Louisiana Baptist Convention, huge, huge help. Franklin Avenue New Orleans Baptist Seminary. Church. New Orleans. I'm getting to New Orleans yes. Seminary and New Orleans okay. Seminary. Okay, okay. Because New there Orleans Seminary, I called two people right away whenever I found out that we were going to probably have to move the convention. Actually, it was three. But two people, the first two people I called were Jay Adkins and Jamie Dew. And then third person was Steve Horn. So called those three guys. And then the fourth person was was Todd Unzicker. That was not a pleasant call. But the 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 three, but Jamie. Yeah, because that was the that was the one where you had to say we're not coming to your. Oh, state. by the way, Todd, we're not coming to North Carolina. Um, but, That's right. But you know, Steve Horn was excited. But you know, it's Louisiana. 
I'm you know, sure. He was excited. Right. But there was no excitement matching Jamie Dew and Jay Atkins. They and they took the ball yeah. and they ran with it. Uh, the, the Louisiana Baptist Convention, huge helps. New Orleans Baptist Seminary, huge helps this week. Jay Atkins, Jack Hunter, everybody in New Orleans, Inman, Houston, everybody that that's down there, huge helps this week for everything they did. Chad Gilbert, I, I, I could list 25 people. Uh, I'd, I'd forget names, though. But they have been the most enthusiastic group of host city people that I've ever been around. And I was very thankful for them and yep. all the work that they did. And you know what? I can't wait for us to get another one in New Orleans. I think Jay is glad that it won't happen for probably another decade or so because he's exhausted. But Jamie, sure. Jamie Dew and the crew, tired. they threw a heck of a party on Wednesday night. I went out to the, I actually was able to make it to the seminary Wednesday night, about eight o'clock. And yeah. man, it was people everywhere. It was well, great. The Fred Luter Center, the student center dedication, amazing. That's that's what I heard. So Keith actually, after Drew's yeah, graduation and everything, he left on Wednesday because, right, because he's teaching a demon seminar down there. Um, to uh, did the last two days, so he got there Wednesday night just in time to go to the Leader Center dedication and loved that. And he loved getting to see everybody. Hey, side note, I just wanted to give circle back to our beginning um, conversation about my like annual meeting feeling experience on Tuesday. This was really funny. So not only were the chairs laid out like an annual meeting and there's a stage up there and cameras, but they also had chairs on the stage with different people, guests sitting on the chairs lined up just like at the annual meeting. So they go to introduce all the people in the chairs and it's people from like government officials and town officials and then people who work for the school board yeah. or for the the um, thing. So I did not realize this, but one of the like, I think it's like the chief technology officer or something is Jamie Dew's sister, huh. Allison, because, they, you know, he's from here. So it was hilarious because I'm sitting in there. It feels like an annual meeting. There's chairs up there just like and then they're introducing all the people and it's Allison. And so it's like. Instead of down in New Orleans with chairs on the stage and Jamie Dew sitting in one, I'm seeing his sister. Yeah. It was a very, it was like a mirror experience. Inst instead of Jamie Dew, you had Allison Don't. That's right. That's right. Well, Allison Reed, but you know. Um, so anyway, it, that was kind of a, a cool thing I just thought about. But they did, it's clear they did an amazing job. I could yes. see it from up here and um, and heard, like I said, about the Luter Center dedication. And I'm just going to say hats off to everybody, um, but a, particularly to your amazing intern, Mary Whitfield, who did an incredible job. Great, great. You weren't even the there. Pod. You don't know that. I think she did an amazing job. I think she did too. Okay, thanks. So, because right. I don't, I don't even know what all she did, but I know she did an amazing job because everything she does is amazing. Okay, thanks. There you go. All right. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week.